0: Hola, somos Tania Moreno y Daniela Álvarez, de TCU. Y estás escuchando College Volleyball Weekly.
1: Go Frogs!
0: This is Tania Moreno
1: and Daniela Álvarez, from TCU. And you're on College Volleyball Weekly. Go Go, Frogs! Hi everyone, I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball and you are listening to College Volleyball Weekly, Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Alana Rennie of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And I'm Alex Parker of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And you're listening to College Beach Volleyball Weekly. Is that
0: right? No. All right. Good day, everyone. Another episode of College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20. We lost someone this week, Mads Fitzpatrick. But I know she's probably cooling off the hot hand because she's been hot all weekend. But I've got the X Factor. (laughs) <laughs> She's going to give it to you. That's right. Charlie Ekstrom going to give it to you from Stanford University. Um, always great having you back on Charlie.
1: Always great to be back Rob. Mads we miss you but I'm glad that I can still be here and that we can still chat volley. <laughs> yeah
0: and, and we understand especially when you're hot playing number threes you're playing so hot coach moves you to the number twos you keep winning. So we get it. You got to cool off for the next weekend competition.
1: Yes very fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we had uh, week two of Collegiate Beach Volleyball And we saw a ton of movement this week and some upsets, but Charlie, what in your eyes uh, were some of the big matches of the week in the top 20?
1: Yeah, I think like you just said, it was a huge week of volleyball. I mean, we were talking last week about how this upcoming or this last, I guess, weekend was going to be a big one for a lot of big name schools playing against one another. Um, And I think I'll do my top two matchups, one East Coast, one West Coast, so that we still get that East Coast representation, even though Mads isn't here. And I'll start over there with LSU versus LMU, LSU taking the win over LMU, Um, three, two decision coming down to some pretty tight matchups coming down to, I believe it was the threes court, 16, 14 finish at the threes um, with Riley Allred and Holly Carlton taking the win um, to decide the duel for LSU um that was a very intense matchup which I heard just like I mean we've talked about this a little bit Rob but I heard that it got gnarly between the two teams and I think I would have loved to have been present for that because I think that that would have been a fun one to watch but it's really fun to read the stats and hear the results of um and then moving on to the west coast side I think that my top matchup of the weekend to watch I think is maybe unanimously nationwide the top matchup of USC versus UCLA with UCLA narrowly edging the win over USC with the three, two decision. Um, That was an incredible, I mean, all of the scores of that, all of the little highlight clips, I didn't get to watch it because I was over at USC competing instead of (laughs) Nate's speech at UCLA, but everything that I heard, everything that I saw looked like it was a high, high level of competition from USC and UCLA.
0: Now I have to agree with you and piggyback onto your LSU LMU matchup because I was reading through the recap and, Gosh, I guess it was streamed, but I was working at Mapes Beach at the uh, Battle for LA within miles of view, but unable to watch because apparently there was a stream and I would have tried to watch it all if I could have. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, high drama at, was it at Death Volley this last weekend? Yeah,
1: at Death Volley. I heard that there was a little bit um, from an anonymous source. I heard that there was a little bit of LMU coming out. Uh, thinking that they had some easy dubs and LSU kind of coming in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder with a lot of fresh faces and these fresh faces kind of coming out and getting their jobs done, which was awesome to see.
0: Well, I mean, looking at the way that the scoring happened, you had LSU get point number one for the duel and then LMU took the next two, which came down to the, uh, I believe it was a twos and the threes and uh, down to the number three court finally, which was Riley Allred and Holly Carlton, who happened to be one of the hottest pairs in the nation. And they ended up getting that, that W for the duel for uh, LSU. Yeah.
1: I thought it was really interesting too, because you saw the wins at the ones and the fives from LMU. So, I mean, really just in general, we're seeing a lot of depth throughout the nation with all teams, really, there's just a greater amount of depth, but I think it's really cool to see LMU putting up the wins at the two edges and then LSU kind of like evening it out in the middle. So we've got like the little sandwich of a, of a matchup there um I do think that that was a really impressive um match at the threes like you were just saying with Riley Allred and Holly Carlton um because I believe based on kind of like the box score what I had seen was that there was they were trailing for a long time and it ended up being a comeback win for them to win at the end there so that's a very very respectful battle by both sides but really awesome by LSU to come on
0: top of that yep well I'm going to pick a west coast one too and now, obviously, I got to pick US, USC, UCLA, a lot of friends on both sides of the court. And, you know, it, it's hard rooting and, and being, uh, but being there, is seemingly a level of play. But I'm actually going to pick another one, uh, UCLA Grand Canyon, because Grand Canyon actually led going into the second flight or the wave. We had it, you know, pull or peel, wave or flight. What's it going to be? Um, Grand Canyon going into the second flight was leading 2-1 on UCLA, and it came down uh to the number three court i believe it was on uh at which ucla ended up taking so uh but it's exciting because i i you don't get to see too many players playing with the limited streams and all that but you know some of the players that you played them on saturday uh the number two pair uh abby hansen and alanis navas and uh i mean they were they played phenomenally on on sunday at the battle for la i mean uh Navas had incredible shots but apparently you're getting all those on Saturday you know swatting <laughs> away and then um Abby Hansen, as young as she is another good blocker I, I almost see like a Charlie extra in version two come in there is <laughs> similar build and, and swatting a lot of balls so uh yeah Grand Canyon is definitely a team to watch I, I feel like although they took a couple losses this weekend they are definitely a, one of those teams that could, could get you if you're not really taking them that seriously
1: I could not agree more. I mean, we ended up, we matched up against them. Like you were saying, Allie and Alanis, um, Kate and I played against them and we took the win. They're a very, very respectable team. Allie is a huge blocker. I remember her housing me, tried to hit one over her like sneakily and she kind of housed me um, a little bit. So I knew not to mess with her anymore. (laughs) But (laughs) so, I mean, it was great that we were able to take that win off of them. But GCU did edge ahead of Stanford and took us 3-2 down to the threes in a third set match. It's really kind of, you're seeing a lot in the nation, it kind of coming down to the threes court in the third set matches. Um, But GCU edged ahead of us and they're a highly respectable team. They're always, they always put up a good battle. Um, But again, like I was just saying, we're seeing depth nationwide that I've never seen before in the sport of beach volleyball. I mean, we definitely have
0: as a a subtopic as we go on because- you know, going through data as a volley nerd that I am was like, wow, here's a pattern that we're seeing. We're definitely going to have that discussion, especially since I'm just a armchair quarterback you're the actual athlete competing. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes. Uh, So with that, let's look at some of the teams, the remaining unbeaten teams of the nation. I just want to get your thoughts. FIU is unbeaten. Uh, They've got, uh, they've had Nebraska at a neutral site, Jacksonville, um, UNF, and uh i guess that's the three oh coastal carolina's the fourth team um they stay unbeaten after this weekend or will that let continue to go through the rest of the season in the ccsa
1: you know i'm really interested fiu has always been a competitor they've been a little bit quiet to the start of this season like i haven't heard too much from them but granted we are only two weeks into season but mm-hmm. we're looking up, they're an undefeated team. They've always been heavy competitors. They've always had like that little bit of international flair that they bring to the um, court and they bring to battle. Um, and I think that they're they're always going to be a very respectable opponent. But I think that they're going to be kind of one of those underdogs that, I mean, they were ranked a little bit lower than they usually are. They've got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They've got the potential to do some really great things this season.
0: Yep. I agree. With, couldn't agree with you more. Next team that's shown up is the twelfth. Uh, well, actually, I, I don't know if this is. I need to compare my rankings, but twelfth ranked Pepperdine at the time. Um, they got wins against Concordia, Cal State LA, Cal State Bakersfield, Vanguard, and Pacific. Um, you know, I still think they need to get challenged, and they I think they will this weekend um, because there's no doubt you know, Marcio is able to get some talent there, and he's a great coach, and he's got a great coaching staff with him. But I want to see them go up against some other. Uh, bigger programs, more of the reputable names before I start saying, Hey, Pepperdine's in the top 10.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think you said it best. I think that they need a little bit of, of heavier competition under their belt. Um, we've seen these kind of top eight pairs kind of hashed out, go head to head in the last two weeks. And Pepperdine hasn't quite gotten their, like dipped their toes into the water yet on that they're going to this coming weekend. So I think that this will be their really, te- their real test to show they had a little bit rougher of a season last year than we were expecting to, or we were expecting or really anticipating out of a usual pretty dominant Pepperdine team. And so I think that this is their weekend. It could be their breakout.
0: Wow, Charlie, I like the metaphors you're using, especially for a team called the Pepperon Waves, dip their toes in the water. Why not jump into the shore break? Or...
1: You no, know, just trying to be all punny and witty here as much as possible.
0: And that's why you go to Stanford.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, the,
0: the next unbeaten, kind of like, I think it's catching people by surprise, but LSU um you look at these wins Stephen F Austin LMU Southern Miss Texas A&M Kingsville Texas A&M Corpus Christi Springfield College Tulane Georgia State and Nichols State mean, yeah you know there's some teams in there that are for sure wins but they're also undefeated with some LMU in there yeah I mean LSU is
1: always an impressive team what Russell is able to do every single year with a group of talent I mean we were all expecting them to kind of be in a rebuilding program year kind of year this year, just especially with the fact that they lost so many of their starters. But I mean, knowing a couple of the girls on that team, I know that they're all pretty gritty girls and they've got a couple grad transfers in. I think that the really impressive thing that I see from LSU is not only that they're undefeated um, and with the win of LMU, but the win of LMU is their only three, two decision. They have mostly sweeps like sweeps maybe one four one sprinkled in there, but they are winning games 5-0 oh, and remaining undefeated on season. So I think that that's just very, very impressive out of this team that's fairly young in the beach volleyball scene.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, they are you know, obviously Russell does a, a magnificent job with what he's got. And I don't know where he finds his talent. Oh, oh, you played indoor last year in your six, two plus come on down. I'm gonna teach you how to play some beach volleyball. <laughs> yep,
1: exactly. he's like all right i'm gonna give you the keys you've got the height i can't teach you that but i can teach you all the rest of it let's go
0: <laughs> yeah i got a great staff our next one i uh, moved up big move this week tcu also unbeaten let me pull up their resume so far this season fau uab cal poly southern miss south carolina stetson georgia state florida state and central arkansas quite the resume already. Yeah.
1: TCU, I mean, we talked with Danny and Tanya before season started. TCU is an incredibly impressive team this year. They were already making making waves to go back to my punny metaphors of the ocean. <laughs> um, but I think that TCU was already making waves, making program history last year, and then with some transfers in, with some just redevelopment of current players getting some freshman talent in I mean you're looking I'm looking at them and I, like they are highly formidable and I think that their win over FSU that's their first ever win of a top five team and it bumped them into the top five for the first time mm-hmm. um now they're I believe they're number three this week on the polls I mean well deserved and I think that TCU is kind of like they're like the underdog that's not really an underdog that's an underdog this year and it's cool to see <laughs> out of them <laughs> yep
0: Well, they've got quite the lineup going with their Latina pairs between Danny and Tanya. And then of course you got Ana Vergara and she's teamed up with Maria Gonzalez, who's Puerto Rican. And then you add in Megan Murray, the UCLA transfer who has a winning record and it was a phenomenal athlete for the Bruins. And there she is at the fives. So got three solid pairs going in it right there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, then you look at, The twos pair, I believe it's Haley Brockett and Sutton McTavish. Mm -hmm. And then um, who is Alexis Philippone playing with? Let me find them.
0: Let's see if I can look that up really fast. I know, I'm
1: trying, it's slipping my mind right now. But even those pairs of, um, I mean, TCU just has a lot of depth. Again, like they are playing very, very good volleyball, and a win over FSU is a big win. I mean, we, they, FSU is a fairly dominant team (laughs) just historically. Um, and that's a huge win for TCU to take.
0: Yep. The last unbeaten team so in the nation this year so far at this point in the season, UCLA coming in hot, 9-0. Oh. Um, let's pull up their resume. Uh, Stanford. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> St. I Mary's. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii. St. Mary's again. Hawaii again. USC, Long Beach State, Grand Canyon, and Cal Poly. Thoughts?
1: I think the incredible thing about UCLA is that right there, what you just said, they are the only, they're the last remaining undefeated team that we've said here, but I'd say that they arguably, objectively, subjectively, whatever it is, have had the hardest strength of schedule of any of the undefeated teams left right now. They have not played I think St. Mary's might be the only unranked team that they've played but St. Mary's is still a competitor like they always are very very gritty every year I think that they're slept on way too hard every year but UCLA has been playing really really strong teams and performing at very high levels they are I mean they look great I I cracked a joke there that I won my match but I mean my match that we won in Hawaii when they beat Stanford um we, I mean, it was like a 25 23 in the second set that we ended up pulling out the win on. It was a battle and a half. And yeah, I mean, UCLA is always talented, but I think that this year I was really, really impressed with their performance this past weekend, continuously impressed with them, but they did great.
0: Yeah. You know, what I thought was funny about being at Battle of LA or Battle for LA this weekend was that first match against USC, how uh, Stein Metzger, who notched his 200th victory. Congratulations, Stein. He um, shuffled the deck in the ones and twos, uh, so everyone had been scouting for probably Lexi and Leah at the number ones, and um, Riley and Abby at the number twos. So uh, <laughs> pretty, uh, I guess it, it may have thrown them off. I don't know, but you know they definitely were really good. You know, everyone knows Abby is a good blocker, and Lexi coming off to play defender when she has got one, she can block, and two, she hits the tar out of the ball.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean, I got to see Lexi play full-time defense last year at training camp when we were playing together. She was playing in our like final tournament for USA training. Um, She was playing with Tori Van Winden and uh, Lexi played full-time defense. So I got to see her as a defender as her, I think it was like one of her first like true defender moments. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed. I mean, Lexi Denneberg's a freaking phenomenal athlete. Uh, Abby's an incredible blocker. And so seeing Lexi kind of get to, play some defense as a, as dominant of a player as she is. I think that it's really cool to see just how she's kind of refining her game that much more.
0: Yep. Well, with that, you know, that the polls came out this week and we were chatting about it before coming on, but you know, the AVCA, and the college beach volleyball.com uh, poll uh, there was, I guess, significant differences between the two, but let me, I broke it down for us simple people easily here in the avca poll three teams moved up six moved down 11 Ooh. stayed put in the college beach vb.com poll eight teams moved up eight moved down and four stayed put so uh, and you said you agreed more with the avca poll um so defend it <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so i'd say with the avca poll what i saw I was really looking kind of at that like top eight, top 10 shuffle up because I'm still waiting to kind of see big moves out of the, out of the 10 through 20 positions. I think that upset season is coming. It quite, it hasn't necessarily started quite yet, but I think, I mean, we are always ready for an underdog team to come and upset somebody in the top 10, but looking at the top 10, I mean, we had ranks one through eight, Mm two beat one, four beat three. Six beat five and eight beat seven from last week's AVCA poll. And so AVCA basically went and flipped all of those pairings, all of those matchups. And I mean, I think that it was well deserved. I mean, while you look at all of it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like this team beat this team. So therefore they go up, they go down, like a little flip flop throughout the weeks. And so really, I thought that that was interesting because we, I don't necessarily always see that out of AVCA, I feel like. I feel like this year's the first year that I'm seeing like very, very tangible changes out of like specific matchups, which is cool.
0: Wow. Look at that breakdown by Charlie Ekstrom. I don't even want to go because <laughs> I'm I've already been dwarfed without saying anything.
1: You are <laughs> hyping me up way too much this week. You gotta stop.
0: <laughs> You're busting it out. Well, you know, with that, let, let's look at some of the hot pairs this week. I'm gonna start at the number fives uh tcus rochelle scott and megan murray six and O lmu's jacinda ramirez and isabel Reffel. i believe six 0. i didn't type it in but i'm pretty sure uh they're getting it done and we're gonna have this discussion after we go through the five i think uh you know where i'm going with this uh thoughts on that number five pairs i think that those are the two number five pairs that i was looking at that i was like
1: yep those are the dominant ones um you couldn't you couldn't have hit the nail more on the head i mean megan and rochelle they were they've kind of become a staple for that TCU lineup. I have Jacinda and Isabel of LMU. I mean, I know what conversation that you're sparking, so I'm not going to go there quite yet, but <laughs> I think that it's really cool to kind of see these fives pairs being like really, really, really solid staples for some really talented teams.
0: Yep. And then the number four is pairs is a TCU again, Maria Gonzalez Anna Vergara six and zero; Sophie Moore, Natalie Miskowski nine and zero thoughts? I got to
1: see Sophie and Natalie play in person. I didn't get to see Maria and Anna. I have heard wonderful things about both. Um, Sophie and Natalie are very dominant as freshmen. I was saying this last week that they've got a maturity to them that is beyond their freshman year, uh, Mm -hmm. which is very impressive. And Maria and Anna, Anna's a freshman, I can already tell that she's got a maturity to her coming out as a freshman and being undefeated right out of the season. Like that's very, very impressive. And again, that conversation starting to spark, we're looking at these fours pairs again, TCU having their fours and fives pairs, both being staples is a pretty solid notch under their belt. And Sophia and Natalie with UCLA, having that fours as kind of a solid start. Um, we were talking about waves with two, four, sixes starting, and then ones, three, fives, having that fours pair being kind of a staple kind of can ignite a little fire to start for the team.
0: Yep. Well, you know, I have to say Lexi Denenberg and Abby Van Winkle got pair of the week, but I could have easily made a hard case for Sophie Moore and Nellie Miskowski after seeing how they played. They are freshmen and they came in like they are veterans getting wins on their courts, like being down and able to come back and turn it. So um, a lot of a bright future for that pair.
1: Hi everyone, this is Madison Fitzpatrick at Florida State, and you're listening or watching College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition Top 20. Hi, I'm Erica Brock from FAU. Hi, I'm Mackenzie Morris from FAU. And you're, and you're listening, listening to College, College Volleyball, Volleyball, Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition.
0: Uh, jumping to the number threes, uh, Riley Allred, Holly Carlton of LSU. And I gotta drop this one, Elena Chacon and Mads Fitzpatrick contributor to uh, college volleyball weekly although she did get moved up to the number twos this last week but they're undefeated as well so strong couple teams and the, the traditional ccsa powerhouses lsu and fsu thoughts on them
1: yeah i mean i think that hearing from my anonymous source from lsu <laughs> uh, i've heard that this threes pair the thing that they've been doing incredibly well is finding a way to come back from Deficits. And I think that that's cool to see because Holly Carlton is a newbie to the beach. She's a grad transfer from Florida. She's super tall, like, obviously going to be a little bit dominant because she's an incredibly tall player. But seeing her be able to work back and hearing that she's able to work back from these deficits and come back and is now undefeated, like, is a staple for the LSU lineup. That is really really cool to see that kind of maturity developing because she's a mature player but immature on the scope of beach and so i think that's that's awesome and then like you just mentioned i mean our girl mads we can't not hype her up (laughs) but with them getting moved up to the twos they were undefeated at the threes they won their game at the twos against tcu too um so made that kind of three two decision that much more of a three two decision with mads and elena kind of being able to bounce back and forth between this twos threes position and still put up wins for FSU it makes it awesome
0: yep and the other one a number two pairs for the LSU you've been seeing this name a lot Parker Bracken and Kylie DeBerg both nine and oh I haven't seen a whole bunch of them I haven't seen their record and that's about it but I mean they're doing some excellent stuff
1: yeah I've what I have heard about those two is that they are dominant but that's pretty much that's pretty much all I hear I haven't seen much I haven't heard much other than the fact that they just win. Like they just go out there and they get their job done, which again yep. is something super awesome out of first wave pairs of that twos, four, sixes. I mean, I'm not sure how they do it at LSU. You were just mentioning earlier that I think that they go f- fours, fives, sixes, and then ones, twos, threes. I mm-hmm. know that for the waves that we've been playing has been twos, fours, sixes, then ones, threes, fives. It depends on what school, what host, what the host wants to do. Yeah. But I think that that's really cool. Um, again, like fresh faces. I've never played against matched up against Parker or Kylie, and they are putting up wins already as this kind of rookie pairing. Nobody's really heard their names. Nobody has scouting reports on them and they are winning against big
0: names. Yep. Well, I, that brings us to our number ones. I have to mention three of them. because only, uh, Everyone, there's no undefeated number ones teams. Uh, TCU's Danny Alvarez, Tanya Moreno, 8-1, Erica Brock, Mackenzie Morris, and Megan Rice, Rek Orsi Toth from LMU and uh, FAU. Uh, they're both all 7-1, and one, the, uh, the latter two pairs. But I mean, we know they're legit. Erica and uh, Mackenzie just beat uh, Maddie and Brooke Bauer of FSU. And we know that's not an easy win. And Maddie and Brooke just beat Danny and Tanya of TCU. So CCSA is going to be an alley brawl pretty much the entire way through.
1: Oh yeah. I think CCSA looking at, I mean, there's grit in the CCSA right now. There is some depth. There is some real power coming out of them. And like you just said, I mean, Erica and McKenzie beat um Maddie and Brooke but lost to Danny and Tanya Danny and Tanya lost to Brooke and Maddie but beat Erica McKenzie like I mean it's going all around it's being passed around they're all competing against one another all of them are dominating everybody else they're doing really good things all the way around um and so I mean the CCSA is seeing some big power and then looking at Megan and Reka of LMU they're an incredible ones pair as well Megan's got that kind of veteran she's a veteran to the sport of volleyball altogether. She played indoor and beach throughout her entire career has done amazing things for LMU on both sides of it. So I think that it's really cool. I mean, she's stepping in as this kind of like graduate player, like last season role and just being really dominant at the ones. So it's awesome to see.
0: Yep. Well, uh, Kind of have to move through quickly. I may have to move our topic to next week. It actually would be better because it would be great to have Mads in on the conversation too. But what are we watching this week? I'm just going to mention the tournaments. So then you can just insert some of the, the, the key matchups that uh, caught your eye. Thursday through Saturday is the Outrigger Queens Cup. It has uh, Hawaii, Davis, TCU, Nebraska, and Cal. Then on Friday through Saturday, the South Carolina Challenge has Pepperdine, LSU, South Carolina, Mercer, and Louisiana, Monroe. And then Saturday through Sunday, the Stetson Sun and Sand Invitational. Florida State, USC, Tampa, Stetson, and Florida Atlantic. Did I say that? Okay. So all of them are good ones, but what is one that you would, if you had only two hours to watch, what would you watch?
1: (laughs) Okay, I think to start, I really want to watch the Florida State versus USC matchup. Cause I think that's, I mean, East coast versus West coast powerhouse schools notoriously throughout the years. I'm really excited to watch that matchup, but I think if I was to pick a challenge, I really want to see this South Carolina challenge, um, to see Pepperdine get tested and also to see LSU versus South Carolina, um, see kind of these like big names start to battle out because again, the CCSA conference is powerhouse conference and it got split into everybody's going to kind of be vying for these titles. So I'm really excited to see this South Carolina challenge. I know that there's a lot of off um, weekends for a lot of West Coast teams because those of us on the quarter system have finals this coming week. (laughs) Unfortunately, I will not be competing. I just get to be a spectator. So,
0: (laughs) right. You're going to be watching these streams for sure, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm only insert mine from the fan perspective, Stetson Sun and Sand, because it's SC Florida State, Stetson and FAU. And I mean, between having some of the top pairs on each of those teams at the number ones and twos, uh, you know it's just going to be grind fest. And don't be surprised to see everything go to three-set three, three set tie breaks with extended third sets. So uh, always exciting. I'm hoping there'll be a stream or someone will be Instagram-living. But, um, you know, for the most part, get on it. Uh, you know, with Charlie Ekstrom here, you know, the Stanford Cardinal, they got the week off so they can study their opponents all weekend long. Study
1: our um, opponents and our classes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Charlie, thanks for coming on again to College Volleyball Weekly. Week two recap and week three preview.
1: Thanks as always for having me. Stoked to be here.